Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Tom Newton I'm with Peer to Peer Partners. Welcome to the P2P podcast, um, Partner Enablement um, in Your Ecosystem. Uh, glad you could uh, join us today. We're, uh, we're really looking forward to having a fabulous talk um, with Isaac Smith, the manager of strategic partnerships um, over at, uh, at, at Allocadia. Just kind of set the table in terms of, um, of how we wanted to approach this today and, and what we wanted to talk about. We really wanted to dig into to the, the topic of partner enablement. And we, I think we, we know uh, specifically within the cloud software business that uncovering the mutual connections um, that uh, you have with your, your partners is really one of the real tough challenges that, um, that sort of sits in front of us uh, with, uh, when, we're, when we are partnering. So that, that's kind of what we wanted to, um, to, to talk about today. You, you as, a, as a cloud software uh, company, you'll have your ABM strategy and you'll have those, um, those key accounts that uh, you either want to expand into or, or um, uh, acquire for the first time. Your partners will have that, that same, same um, cycle going on, that, that same task. And um, it's those mutual connections. That, uh, that, that that's where the, the, the magic is and, and that's what you want to uncover. And uh, that's, that's kind of the, the hardest part. And, and then using that information and that data and uh, targeting those mutual connections um, and, and supporting your field reps um, in a way that really um, enables and, and gets them engaged is, is really what, it, what it's all about. Because as we know that until uh, your reps and your partner reps get in front of a, of a real live uh, customer and start uh, selling and uh, get into sales motion together that, that really nothing's going to happen. We can do all the planning in the world, but that, that's really what, uh, what we want. And it, it, it's that, that high level of engagement, getting those reps, exchanging intel, uh, sending leads back and forth that really can make a difference in your lead flow and in your overall all business. And as we head into 2020, we, we really want to give you some tips and, uh, and talk to uh, some of the best people in the business uh, around how they're doing it. So the, the, if, if you don't get that happening, uh, that lead flow and that, uh, that rep to rep engagement, your channel revenue starts to slow. And, uh, and the acceleration of the co-selling efforts just isn't possible. So what we'll do is we'll talk to Isaac about uh, what they do around account mapping. And, and that, that's that, that really uh, difficult data work and, and, and how the, the model that they've come up with and, and how they handle that. And then uh, measuring success and kind of why they, they measure it in the way they do. And then the lead uh, Kind of the lead life cycle and how that kind of flows uh, right through their, their funnel and their pipeline so that's how we want to approach it and that's the information we think would be most valuable to, to the listeners as they um, as you look at uh, partner enablement so um, after having said all that um, I'd like to welcome Isaac Smith um, the manager of strategic partnerships at, uh, at Alacadia to our podcast today Isaac how are you oh I can't complain another beautiful day here in Vancouver boy, Nice. That means it's raining. <laughs> you're, you're exactly right. It's, it's torrentially raining outside. Well, it is December, so what are you going to do, right? <laughs> well, It'll anyway. Summer in a couple months. Yes, that, that's for sure. But anyway, we, we do thank you for taking your time um, from your busy schedule. We know we're getting into crunch time here with Christmas uh, pending, mm -hmm. and, uh, and it's all hands on deck. But uh, So thanks for carving out the time, and uh, 
and uh, making uh, making it available to everyone and, and chatting about uh, the issues around uh, partner enablement. Hey, my pleasure. I'm excited to be here. Nothing I love talking about more. I bet. Um, great. So why don't we set the table for everyone um, who may not um, know uh, about Alacadia and, and what mm -hmm. it is uh, Alacadia does. So why don't you kind of give us uh, give us the overview of um, of your uh, fast growing software company up there in Vancouver? Perfect. So I'm kind of I'll, I'll keep it short. I'll give you kind of the the 30 second and the 60 second version. Basically, we help large enterprise marketing organizations plan out what they want to do, understand what they're actually doing, and then figure out what they should do next or where they should put that next dollar. So. And what that sort of means is we help them plan where they want to spend their money, not just I want you know a million dollars in North America, a million dollars in APAC, a million dollars in EMEA, but you know what is the intention of that money, you know, to support a product, a stage of the customer journey, a region, and help them understand really where they're planning to, to focus their funds, focus their time and their effort. Um, then, you know, as you kick all those campaigns and those projects off, you can see where are you actually spending it. So we hook in with their ERP, their PO system. So you can see by all those different uh, different dimensions, you know, where am I actually spending my money? Am I following the plan I set up for myself? And, you know, as you go throughout the year, you know, what funds do we have committed? What do we have free? You know, if things change in the market, how can I pivot quickly to take advantage of, of new opportunities? Uh, and then right. finally, the final part is sort of, you know, where should I be spending my next dollar? You know, where am I getting the most bang for my buck? You know, is it doing five webinars or one conference? Um, you know, if I need to beef up the top of my funnel, you know, what activities are having the most impact? And being able to see all of that in real time. Um, you know, it's not too hard for maybe a smaller 10 or 20 person company, but, you know, when we work in the kind of 250 million and above space, uh, you know, you have 50 campaigns running across 20 different countries. That becomes very, very convoluted very, very quickly. And I guess with um, so many different ways to spend money and pay per click and all of these uh, mm -hmm. applications in the tech stack that companies could be using to um, uh, in, in their overall marketing plan, it, it must get just so crazy and convoluted and complicated that having an application like Alicadia is, is just so important. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so much data out there, but nobody's really, at least in the marketing space, found a way to connect all that together. So if you think of a company like Microsoft or Unilever, um, the amount of information when you're running campaigns across the kind of the large scope and multi-billion dollar programs, um, that is a lot of information to, to handle. So we sort of act like your CRM would to sales, like uh, an ERP would be to finance, where you're sort of your central command center that you can see everything that's going on. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that, that's great. That, that really helps everyone um, sort of set, uh, set the context for, for what it is we'll, we'll talk about around, around partnerships. So your, yours is a, a software application that sits in the enterprise, plugs into mm -hmm. other applications, and, and you get, um, you get the, the necessary data uh, from what's going on. Yep, you, you got it. I mean, we do have a small kind of subset of customers that don't integrate, but the vast majority of our yeah. customers are integrating into their kind of their core marketing systems. Right, right. Yeah, and that's um, that, that's really, really cool and, and really gets to what we wanted to talk about today. So um, in, in your role um, around strategic partnerships, kind of what what is the um, the overarching kind of mission of, of, of the of your partnerships when 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 you go to look for new partners or uh, when you're looking at your plan, um, what 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 is it that you're really really looking for when when you're looking at partners? 
Um, I mean, I guess like we live in the world of, of the complex sale. So like I said, we do have a small subset that would be using Alcadia standalone, but the overwhelming majority would be we're co-selling along another alongside another technology platform or be included in some type of a larger larger digital transformation. So we're trying to offer an overall solution. And um, although Alcadia kind of will help accelerate kind of the power and the impact of all these other technologies. So we're, both us and them are so much more impactful when we're together. So we're trying to look for those other types of technology that are going to kind of have synergy alongside our own. Right. And so what, what types of partners do you have? Um, so I guess we kind of have the bucket into kind of two areas. Um, we have our technology partnerships right now. Those are primarily in the, the work management or content management space and a little bit within market automation. And then sort of the other bucket would be our system integrators or consultants that are sort of helping deploy or do consulting around the deployment of those technology platforms. And where our sweet spot is kind of finding the triangulation where we have one of each type of partners along with us inside an organization or inside some type of a deal cycle. Oh, interesting. So you'd be selling into an account with one of each, with one tech partner and one SI say. Yeah, and I mean, if you think about it just logically, like we like we behave very friendly with our, our partners. It's not that there's friction, but each side obviously thinks that their platform is more important or they may have a different view of the order in which things go in or the size and scope of the project. So this kind of one, this consultant or this system integrator, they kind of have their own view of the world and they're just trying to see kind of what's best for the client in terms of an overall project. So they can kind of be that, that catalyst to help get over that sort of decision fatigue. Yep. <clears throat> yep. Interesting. So uh, how do, um, how do you onboard your, your partners? Typically, do you treat tech partners quite differently than the SIs and the consultants or what is the onboarding process look like? Yeah, the, the SI ones would just be a little bit deeper. So for a technology partner, I mean, it's kind of twofold and really the enablement never actually, never actually stops, but you know, we'll take everybody through uh, like all of their frontline um, staff, anybody that's going to be customer facing through sort of a 14 step process. And it's not necessarily 14, like it's not 14 calls with me. I don't think anybody would want to put up with that, but it's sort of walking them through a little, you know, little bite sized portions right from, you know, who is Alicadia? I've never heard of them before to, you know, what are the things I say when I hear this problem? And, you know, it'll take go every week. It's a combination of group calls, individual calls with me. Uh, one of those calls is the account mapping to actually go through their accounts and see where we have overlap and then walk them through just progressively, you know, what to look for, what the red flags are, what to say, and then what to do next. Gotcha. Okay. And then um, once the partner is onboarded, um, who drives the, the the business side so obviously having this cadre of of partners is nice and everything but if it's not driving actual business and revenue um obviously it's kind of kind of a waste so um whose responsibility is it and, and how do you how do you make sure that you're actually getting revenue from the partners <laughs> that's the million dollar question um and i mean i wish i had a silver bullet that i could just flip a switch and say well now i'm going to get revenue but i mean it's it's an ongoing process and it's an evolution um yep. you know it's primarily me that's sort of project managing or program managing to make sure that we are constantly staying in touch um you know constantly maintaining sort of mental shelf space and none of our partners will like none of our contacts will go without more than 21 days without some toy type of 
contact for me that's customized to them, their space. Yep. Um, we've kind of optimized that off any more frequently than that. And we see burnout in terms of like open rates and click-through rates. Uh, longer than that, we just see a little bit of a drop in engagement. So it's me that's kind of keeping them front of mind uh, and kind of starting some of the proactive going out to, to them to go after some of their accounts together. And then of course, I've got a whole team of people um, in sales and marketing and business development here that are you know also taking on various different parts of that process. Right. Well, good. Yeah, and that kind of kind of leads us to the the co-selling discussion. You had mentioned mm -hmm. that you do co-sell. So how how does that that work? When you say you're co-selling with partners, what does that really mean? What does it look like? Yeah, that's a that's a great question, and that's something even now we're seeing evolve a little bit. But the general, uh, I guess, kind of the general way it works is that. But most of our partners, at least our technology partners, they're solution sellers. So they're not trying to just, you know, sell a product. You know, they're trying to see, find the need that the end consumer has, that the prospect has, and fill that. And more often than not, we are a part of that. So it really is a true co-sell, which is, seems to be rare these days. Usually it's more of a, well, I just need this one piece, so I'm going to bring you along. But we're generally doing, uh, over the majority of the time, an actual true joint discovery, uh, joint solutioning, joint demonstration, joint proposal, joint RFP, everything kind of, everything together hand in hand because we're, it's because the two technologies work so well together, because the integration is so deep, it's actually going to feel like uh, one platform. And as the market tends to kind of sway a little bit more towards best of greed away from the one-stop shops, we're coming in and knocking out a lot of these big box vendors with sort of an integrated solution with best of breed, but we're doing everything along the whole sales process, even right up down to the uh, like business development, uh, you know, and email programs, email campaigns uh, at the joint level. Well, that, that's great. And um, can you give us um, a bit of a glimpse into the, the tech mm -hmm. stack that you use in order to, you said you, you don't go 21 days without um, some kind of outreach to, mm -hmm. to the partners and then you've got all the sales motion happening and this this deep uh, engagement with the with the client around a, a combined solution. Uh, what kind of technology do you use to make your life uh, simpler so you don't have to do everything manually? Facilitate all that? Um, yeah. Absolutely. So um, let me think what order to go to go in here. Um, so I mean obviously like sales CRM or sales course is kind of where all the information lies. Uh, our execution in terms of the emailing is we use outreach, uh, outreach.io uh, and then for in terms of our content and the metrics we're getting back and how we're driving it, uh, we're using Path Factory that kind of can put people down these content streams and gives us measurable information back about uh, about kind of what's being absorbed, what materials being looked at. So all of our, like we have our, our portal built off our, it's a, a gated area off our website that you can only get to if you know the URL. Um, so all that material is is in Path Factory, is measured through Path Factory, so we can see, you know, what's materials being absorbed, what people are using, what they're not. We can iterate on things that, uh, that aren't being used or we can just kill them. Gotcha. Okay, good. And then, um, your the, the actual lead flow so maybe looking at it kind of both ways so leads that you have your leads that are that are coming in um, what's the the funnel and the flow look like that way and then also the reverse uh, question uh, leads coming from your uh, from your partners wanting to register and that kind of how does how do you manage all of that 
That, that's a great question. Uh, and I wish I, I wish I had a, a perfect answer. It's right now a combination of Salesforce and just manually in Excel. I mean, we aren't, we've moved away from a model where we're not as concerned about, you know, who touched it first um, and how it's registered because, you know, really when you're living in the enterprise space, there's nothing new. There's not generally a company like an enterprise company that you haven't heard of or that haven't chased or some capacity. So right. we're just trying to, we're not necessarily keeping track of who's registered or who started it. We're keeping track of who is working with who. So, um, you know, if, if one of our partners is working with, um, let's say Google, just to pick a random company, yeah. it may not be time for us to have that conversation, but we want to know that they're working with them so that if a lead comes through for us or somebody from Google is kind of clicking on our website or going in to read our case studies, then we can go to our partner that we know is working with them and say, you know, do you know why this might be? You know, sometimes we may not, it may just be an anonymous person, so we may kind of try have to explore or we can say, hey, have you met this person? Do you know why they might be looking at it? And oftentimes it's because, oh yeah, we're having a conversation, we brought you up. So it's kind of triangulating those those moments and those moments happen all the way along the, the sales cycle, right? Yeah. You know, right from the MQL stage to the opportunity stage to kind of final contracting and kind of figuring out how that all works. So it's more so about just keeping track of who's working with who at any given point. Yep, and you do that on spreadsheets? Uh, we do it, yeah. So we do some of the alignment in terms of once we get to the opportunity stage, we keep we track it all in Salesforce. Up to then, uh, we do it in an external spreadsheet right now, which is gotcha. <laughs> granted not my ideal uh, state of nirvana. And we are looking at a few tools to uh, automate that or to make that a little bit uh, more user friendly. Um, as my boss keeps pointing out, if I get hit by a bus, the, the whole process dies. Right. Uh, I prefer to think win the lottery, but to each his own. So. Um, and we are working on with some development at uh, Salesforce to try to have a different structure for their customer custom objects to be able to track them. But uh, mm -hmm. right now, it's not within the standard Salesforce for Salesforce hierarchy. It doesn't work, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. And then, do you, do you really do you get concerned about um, attribution? So do you do you fuss over? You know, was was this did this revenue come? Uh, because of a partner or or because of our own uh, internal sales efforts like does that concern you it, it's funny because we used to this is kind of a relatively recent paradigm shift for us we made about a year ago um, and it was very much you know did this customer come from partners did it come from marketing did it come from biz dev um, and it wasn't that we were disagreeing but everything had to be one source so we were kind of focusing on how we're splitting up the pie rather than you know let's just make a bigger pie now the expectation is that everybody should be touching every deal. Um, right. So I should be, like, from my own, um, you know, sanity, I guess. Like I'm tracking internally what you know what source from us, so I can kind of predict the health of the next quarter. But in terms of what they're actually measuring from a compensation standpoint or from a overall program success standpoint, it's just across the board that everybody is influencing it. Um, and since we've done that, we've seen just overall revenue and deal velocity, not specific to my channel, but just in general, um, grow quite noticeably. So uh, it's kind of influence, I know it's kind of a soft metric and we do have metrics around new opportunities each quarter that our sort that are sourced. But um, yeah, we've since we've made moved to that model, it seems to be, you know, quite considerably uh, more beneficial to us. Right, right. That's fascinating. Um, 
have you, have you kind of been able to isolate or um, consider or or look for for measurement around how partners help uh, help you break into new markets that you may not have been in otherwise? Um, yeah, that's a great question, and that's like I have a data background, so that's sort of my. I'm always trying to find that magical model that explains exactly how everything works. Um, and to be perfectly honest, we really don't have a good metric. I mean, you can kind of look at the, like you can look at the health of the model by, you know, opens or clicks, click throughs of your partners. And, you know, there are areas where we kind of look for point in time metrics about, you know, if we're, if we're gonna go to a conference next month and we know last year the attendee list, we can see, you know, how many, of our ICP targets cross over with our partners and who might want to have a joint event with us or you know or rather than targets if they're already customers um, and we can kind of measure our network size and strength but because nothing really exists in a vacuum there's so many variables we've kind of stopped looking for that silver bullet um, just to keep our own our own sanity because each you know each quarter each year there seems to be you know, a new set of variables introduced into the environment. There seems to be a new model. There seems to be changes. So it's been really hard to isolate any single thing um, mm -hmm. that has been like you can say directly is cause and effect. Yep. Yep. Interesting. Well, that's been that's been really really helpful. So um, it you know I I think for 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 the listeners to kind of kind of understand what what's happening here that. We've got these um, the, these tech partners. So if you're a company that um, that relies on um, or where the, the customer really is is asking for a true solution with uh, with your application plus someone else's, and then maybe um, an integrator or a consultant to kind of help on the uh, the implementation side or on the uh, the IP side um, to really um, understand how co-selling can can really help and how getting um, your teams properly aligned so that they are they're enabled and, and in, about it they're enabled to uh, engage properly with um, with the partner reps and 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 really walk through the entire solution cell all the way through to to the very end and um, and and make sure that your organization is set up properly to, to to enable that and make sure that that's happening and that can be training that can be uh, some technology that can be a whole bunch of things that will allow uh, allow that to happen but but make sure that you're not creating internal friction I really heard that loud and clear for, from Isaac that don't uh, make sure that there's not friction there that's going to get in the way of um, of the the sales and, and the revenue happening, just get out of the way. Let the reps do their do their thing and uh, make sure they're they're getting the support that they need. So that, that that's that sort of came through loud and clear for me. Yeah, and like I, I'm lucky that with being here at Alacadia, like it's the the team here is fantastic, and they're always kind of looking for ways to eliminate those hurdles or eliminate those bottlenecks. So, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, since I've been here, the the models have been kind of re-engineered a number of times, but you know, each one is kind of looking at what's going to make the most input, like impact, not necessarily, you know, who has to get credit or, I don't know, it, it's been a pretty much more easy environment to work in than, you know, some of the partner organizations I've worked in in the past. Yep, yep, cool. That's great. So uh, more kind of on a, on a personal note, 
the, the conferences that that really help you maybe both personally as well as uh, as Alacadia, which ones do you really focus on and which ones do, do sort of interest you and really benefit you? Yeah, it's funny you ask that because I'm actually trying to go over that right now to figure out we're going coming into conference season. I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, yeah. I probably don't have enough budget to go to all of them. So, <laughs> um, yeah, trying to figure that out. I guess the big ones for us are usually serious decisions in Martech. Um, okay. And but although I think we'll be going to probably Adobe Summit and a few of the other ones as well, mm-hmm. uh, as well as WordPress so Leap. Those are big ones for us. I guess we try to find where our partners have a big presence, uh, and we do a lot of like, joint presentations or joint speaker roles, uh, and it's great. We get kind of free air coverage because a lot of times our partners will be having a speaker or a customer go for them and we are because of the integration if they're talking about the the model then they also have to talk about us because um, it explains kind of the whole system so uh, we get a lot of air cover on that but that's sort of what we look for is where our partners are going to have a major presence presence and then we try to get nearby and it's so you know workfront and percolate would be our kind of our two bigger uh, our biggest technology partners and I love being at a conference with them because we'll have them just physically grabbing somebody by the wrist and walking them over to our booth. And we'll do the same to them um, because we'll kind of come up. It'll be a logical evolution of the conversation. And just there's so much cross-pollination between the two. Uh, We get a ton of uh, not just conversations in terms of volume, but just the depth of the conversations. They're a lot, they're a lot deeper and they'll be, you know, each one's a half hour conversation versus that, you know, one person coming by to grab a swag, a piece of swag off your (laughs) Right. Not that anybody would ever do that. No, 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 no. You wouldn't want to fill your bag with T-shirts. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I've never done that myself. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, that's cool. So um, with conference season coming up and, and getting rolling in, in January, mm-hmm. just kind of on a personal note, do you try and tie some personal time in? Like if you're going to uh, places uh, that, that really interest you, do you try and uh, bookend them with, uh, with maybe some fun things to do? I probably should more like I'm as weird as this sounds I'm a huge nerd I actually love the conferences <laughs> I have a ton of fun at them like I've been trying to get into marketing for you know better part of half a decade before I came to ended up at Alacadia so this okay. is you know I've been here for two or three years but it's still newer to me and I, I just think the space is so fascinating and how like every conference I go to there's so many new vendors so I just love walking the floor uh, in some of my downtime just hearing what all these new companies are doing and what the news right. tech out there um, and it just keeps helping keep my thumb on the pulse of what's going on. So yeah, cool. <laughs> I should, but I probably don't. I spend most of my time at the conference. Well, there's only 6,500 vendors in the space. So, you know, we're, we're <laughs> up here 6,500 now. I, I think so. What, that was one of the last infographics I saw. It's just, it just made your head hurt. But, uh, yeah, there, there's, there's a lot of them. So, yeah, I love playing um, Where's Waldo and finding Alacadia's logo. Last time it was like the bottom right corner, yeah, but, it's uh, tough. it's fun. Yeah, for sure. Well, this has been fabulous. Um, I think this has been very beneficial to uh, to the, the, the listeners. I really appreciate uh, you taking the time out of your day. Um, if people wanted to reach out uh, to you, I've got up on the screen, I've got uh, your email and phone number, and they can always just go on to allocadia.com and uh, find more information. Any other Great ways do you do Twitter or anything like that? Or uh, Yeah, uh, active on Twitter, active on LinkedIn. Um, LinkedIn's okay. I mean, well, email is fine. LinkedIn's also a great way to get uh, get in touch with me, and I try to be pretty active on there, showing, sharing kind of what Allocadia is doing, what the, yep. the latest and greatest is from us. Yep. Well, that's uh, that that's terrific. So, yeah, really appreciate that. Um, I think this has been been huge, uh, hugely beneficial to uh, to our listeners, and that's great. Um, 
just a, a summary about uh, ourselves, peer-to-peer -peer partners. We, um, we accelerate uh, cloud software uh, vendors' revenues from, from their partner ecosystems and uh, partner uh, co-sell enablement. We're, we're using a mixture of technology and, and coaching. So if partner co-sell enablement is of interest to you and improving that within your organization, we're here to help. Uh, also just uh, partner and ecosystem strategy and some done for you partner programs, um, all, all of that good stuff. We're, we're more than happy to, to talk to you about that and just sales performance um, acceleration in, in general. So you can find us at here to peerpartners.com the website or i'm tom at peer to peerpartnerscom so uh, once again isaac thank you so much for your time today and uh, we'll be in touch and we'll talk soon my pleasure thank you so much thank you